welcome back to another bus driver experience. And today on the show, again, we're going to be tackling the idea of censorship. Remember, because censorship, the people who think things shouldn't be seen or things shouldn't be expressed or the idea that certain things, when they're portrayed, are going to project bad ideas is a big responsibility in our society. And in this democracy, in this republic, in the free state that we get to live in, it's a very unique privilege to be able to get to say and get to decide what can be said, what can be seen. I know we talked about this with a few other guests on the show, but today's guest is an artist, and her name is Kira Cheers. She's Australian. She's currently living in New York City. She's a photo-based journalist who questions and looks at dating in an urban environment. She has published her book, The List, which is a photo-based book, chronicalizing and documenting the list of one of her former partners and going through all the different women that he had sex with. And it's a phenomenal book. I totally and highly recommend that everybody and anybody go check out that book. I've read it. I've gone through it. I own the book. It's fantastic. Really, really opened my eyes and made me question the, the different ways to look at relationships and how you see whether you're with a girlfriend, a boyfriend, whatever it is you do, whatever it is you date, you know, really get a hold and a handle of someone else's perspective in a relationship, whether that be intimate or whether it be a friendship. And again, on today's show, it is going to be a unique show. If you're listening to this, I highly suggest you head over to YouTube and watch this show. Kira and myself are topless during this podcast, and we're going to be pushing the bounds and the limits of Google, Facebook, Instagram, and the ways they limit and censor what and how things can be seen and perceived. Kira has had a very hard time with Facebook and Instagram censoring her and her art. A lot of her art is topless, and you know she's just trying to portray the female body and really come into question in terms of the hypersexuality around the female figure. And again, I really love this conversation. I always enjoy talking to Kira. And if you're in New York City, please go check out her show at The Box, October 24th. It is a free the nipple party. I, I'm, I myself am going to make sure I'm trying to be in town for this show. So let's go ahead and jump into today's episode with Kira Cheers. Okay. in today's interview uh, and it's in a, a kibuda on Kira's campaign of freeing the nipple. So Kira, welcome back on the show. Ah, pleasure. I love that. Uh, I love the idea. I was thinking the idea, but then you said it first and it was like, <laughs> oh, it's exactly It's, it's, it's better if I I bring it up, I think, first. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Kira, you want to be topless on my show? <laughs> Well, here on the Bus Drive Experience, we push the bounds of what people are talking about. <laughs> Having conversations people either don't want to have, don't think they can have. Right. So, pumped to have you back on the show. Yeah, maybe we should explain my makeshift pasties. Well, those are mine. Exactly. So, <laughs> uh, these are actually Brandon's nipples um, that I have printed into stickers to censor my own nipples because my body is obscene or unacceptable. Why is the body or at least a woman's body, seen or perceived that way? I mean, that's a very good question. I think historically women are seen uh, as sexual objects um, primarily, um, which is kind of hilarious because our nipples actually serve a function. Like we can like feed someone through mm. our nipples. If anyone's nipples are purely for sexual reasons, I, I think it would be the male nipple, if I'm going to be honest. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole different take and perspective. I mean, 
Your nipples serve no function whatsoever. Well, I mean, I, I think about a photo and as long as like the nipple is covered, yeah. the vagina is like covered, yeah. it's fine. And yeah. that is not nudity. Right. If people are okay with breast. It's the nipple itself that becomes offensive. And I just became sick of my art being censored. And I, and I think it sends this really bad message to women that it teaches people to be like ashamed of their bodies. And, um, and I, you know, women are seen as these like walking, talking, fucked up, fucked toys just there for male design. And, you know, I'm sick of that. Thousand percent. It's, I mean, any girl I've dated or any girl I know, or in general, I'd say there's a lot more shame in your body like a male talking about oh you have a problem taking your shirt off and right. running around or a guy whether he has you know some excess fat on his body like oh, i'm a guy i don't care yeah and i mean just thinking about that throughout the years throughout the ages i mean could yeah. be to say overall psychology definitely like a lot of women have reached out to me um once i released the project and talking about their earliest memories of being told their bodies weren't acceptable and often it was like as a child like five years old you know when they're like in their bathers at the beach um and their mother's telling them like oh my gosh cover up or another woman you know telling them to cover up um i read an article this girl her mother used to tell her um don't run around the house in your bikini because you'll distract your father you know like that kind of narrative that we're fed from such a young age is really damaging mm. i mean you're thinking like all the way back to biblical times i mean in the garden yeah. like hey for a male and a woman, you know, yeah. both clothe yourself, you yeah. know, don't be seen in this light in, uh, in the eyes of God. I mean, we're talking about 8,000 years yeah. that there's this whole stigma casted around, you know, I mean, both sexualities. Yeah. And I mean, even the formation of this country, the puritanical ideas that, mm -hmm. hey, your body is, you know, almost as I have sex or think about sex, mm -hmm. the least amount as possible. Yeah. And the like religious reference is really good. I'm, I don't want to say that sex isn't like originated from religion but it definitely pushed the whole story along like women um in the bible are seen as uh like temptation and temptation is seen as this great sin so women are sin um and that's something especially in america that like i think runs this, this current through culture don't you think there was a little bit of hey we can't just be running around having sex all the time we need to cast this these images in different lights or different perspectives in order to get work done you know we can't build these amazing cities we can't make these incredible civilizations <laughs> we're running around having sex all the time you know as great of a place it would be a great utopia it would sound like you know do you think there was another uh, idea in mind in order to so why is why is sex sinful is that is that your not question even, no not sinful it's like the amount of things that we need to do let's say right. the the balance right. the yin and yang of life Right. And if we are able to create all these things, because right. there's an idea, I forgot what psychologist is, is that the amount of things that are, are credited to in mm -hmm. society and civilization mm -hmm. is male sexual repression. Right. And either males are able to harness mm -hmm. that repression of our sex, our sex lives yeah. in order to push that towards, you know, different things in the civilization we build, whether it's business mm -hmm. or the sciences or mathematics mm -hmm. that that's where our minds are. I don't know. I'm actually really against this idea that, um, you know, it's almost like, oh, we're protecting you from men. Um, I, I think they use that too often. It's like we have to censor you because we're protecting you from men. Um, I just don't agree with it. I actually think it's the act 
of censoring it or making something taboo that makes it more erotic. Mm-hmm. So like, I think if we could run around having sex all the time, people probably wouldn't do it as much because it wouldn't be as erotic or taboo. It's the same with the nipples. Like nipples are seen as erotic because for the very reason that they're like censored, the censorship makes them more erotic or desirable. So I, I think it's the same with men. I actually don't think that men and women are all that different um, sexually. In fact, research shows that female desires um, and fantasies are far more uh, kinky and erotic than males. Really? Yeah. So I think this is just this bullshit story that we've been fed for so long. I think women are every bit as sexual. Like maybe, you know, if we could run around having sex, women would be attacking men just as much. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. What a time. (laughs) <laughs> right i i think i've had this conversation before i, I think it's ridiculous like the, women get shamed uh for their bodies and for sex and then they want to have sex less you know like as a man doesn't that sound counterproductive yeah it, it doesn't make any sense right? especially with the with the amount of shaming that goes in you right. know the word slut yeah or whore, yeah or, I mean, or and then if you don't have sex you're frigid you know like there's, there's no balance in it. Yeah, no but, but you made the great point of, you know, it's, it's like drugs yeah. and the countercultures that are created. Like, oh, wow, yeah. drugs are illegal. Don't do these things. Yeah. And whatever drug you're consuming or drug you're taking that's illegal or not told, you're not is, uh, it's against the law to take. Yeah. People might enjoy it even more. Right. It's just like prohibition. You they, know? they want it. P- pro- people drank so much more during prohibition when it wasn't allowed, you know. Yeah. So that goes back towards sex where it's like, oh, wow. If it's out there, if people are able to talk about it more, right. it, it really starts with the conversation. Yeah. Because I, I think that's a big thing, even with relationships. Yeah, is for that, sure. I mean, the conversation that you or I are having right now, we're able to talk and say, oh, we're shirtless, we're topless, and we're still talking about sexuality. <laughs> but people that are intimate with each other yeah. are afraid mm-hmm. or either don't know how to. I think even the bigger thing, I don't know if we talked about this last time. Yeah. Like pornography is yeah. just like people's first introduction. Yeah. I mean, that's really, I think it's really scary. To, not even sex, intimacy, we'll call it. Yeah. Like that's how you court somebody. Yeah. Which is terrifying. Yeah. I, I think there's a, there's a really big movement, like make better porn. I'm not against porn. I just think that um, yeah, no one's this against is, this porn. Is, <laughs> no one's against porn. I just think that for a lot of people, uh, this is their sex education, and that's alarming. Mm-hmm. Um, this, there's like, there's not a lot of great sex education um, in America or, or really like anywhere. So people turn to the internet, and this is where they're learning what is acceptable and what's not. And I think that's really scary because I don't think that. Would you agree that porn is the best example of what sex should be? Um, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> and granted, we've had porn stars on the show. Yeah. Love them. Shout out to Louie. Oh, no, absolutely. All for porn, all for porn stars. I'm about, even about like empowering the porn stars. A lot of the porn stars get taken advantage of so in many. today's it's industry. It's really horrible. Very bad. Yeah. But back in the 70s and 80s, they had much more control over their content. Um, and now they're just getting ripped off. So Yeah. I mean, I don't think that porn should be your first introduction to yeah. sex. But I mean, yeah. I think about my first introduction and like in school where mm-hmm. it was introduced and it was this cartoon this animated cartoon of this yeah. this sperm swimming towards an egg and yeah. I'm like wait what what just happened <laughs> you're fourth or fifth grade i mean you're thinking 19 years old and of course 
all the boys are over here and the girls yeah. are in a whole different room. Wow, really? Oh my yeah. God. That's, you, they separated it? Separated us. Fascinating. That's and amazing. so we're in there and you're just like looking around like, oh, all the guys are here. These are my friends. Like, wow. well, what are we watching? Like, what's going on wow, here? Wow, that's amazing. One or two guys have older brothers. So they yeah. kind of know or they know <laughs> the language around it. Um, yeah, sex education is scary. My husband's talked about sex education in America. Um, and they just showed a, a bunch of pictures of STDs and like, that was it. Oh, and God. they're like, the don't STD do it, STDs, scary. Like his perception was like, if you have sex, you're gonna get an STD. That was like, that was what he got out of sex education and really nothing else. Um, I was very lucky to have a very open-minded mother who um, put me on uh, birth control, like as soon as I got a boyfriend and was like open and kind of like ran her own sex education program with me. So I'm like very fortunate, but unfortunately most people aren't and they're getting their information from the wrong sources. What are your thoughts on birth control? Oh, I mean, I'm 100% for it. I, I think the, the recent news in Alabama has been devastating, you know. Um, just talking to other women about it, it's like it, it hits like to the core, you know, it was really upsetting. Now, are these women in Alabama or women? No, just like in New York, just in, in general, just in New York, like it, it just feels like an attack. Um, and we're fearful of, of how far things can regress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you really think that would happen in New York, that it would regress this much? No, you know what? That's why I love New York. And I feel like New York is powerful enough to stand on its own. So, mm -hmm. um, But, you know, I, I feel for uh, women in, in Alabama, Georgia, I just, I think it's, a, a lot of these women uh, won't have the money if they need an abortion to travel to a state where it is legal. And not, neither should they. Like, no one's saying getting an abortion is easy. I think that's... Um, always like a painful and difficult process, but why should we make it harder for people? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's my biggest problem with yeah. where it's happened was in Alabama, yeah. Georgia now yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. It's this is going to be a painful and difficult choice for any woman yeah. who has to do this. Yeah, one week, right. Plan B, right. forty-eight hours after, or we're talking like not was it thirty-six weeks down the line. This is going to be the toughest decision you have to make. You're yeah. making this decision over something that's not even born yet, yeah. but either has a consciousness already or has a life. So how do you do this? What do you have to do? What kind of counseling psychologically do you need to get this? And the fact that, you know, I think people, whether they're conservative and even liberal people or more progressive people in, you know, these areas on the coastlines, it's like, we need that there for the person who may use it. It's not everybody's getting an abortion. Hey, go in there and do right. it. And I think their need for the people on the conservative side, I don't know if they want a better checks and balances to know right. because I mean, what was it in New York state? And you don't know, these are the videos on the internet that mm -hmm. there's these late term abortions going on and women are getting abortions at 32 weeks. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, are you saying that for the woman? Like, I don't think it's easy for her. I don't think she's doing that willy nilly. Right. It's a funny word to say willy nilly. <laughs> but you know, what is it that uh, they've done research or um, reports that, you know, whether it's Planned Parenthood mm -hmm. or these local institutions are selling the body parts. Right. And I mean, again. For science. It's, it's, it's dead body. I mean. Yeah, but it's, it's selling it for science. You know, it's amazing what they're doing with stem cell research. I mean, we're behind, again, because yeah. of Christian conservatives right. back during um, the George Bush presidency yeah. that we didn't want to do stem cell research mm -hmm. and we fall back behind the curve. Yeah. You know what? I, I think also a, a big part of the, the laws that were. Um, passed in Alabama is that I think uh, the penalty for getting an abortion is more than the penalty for rape. 
Um, and that tells women that we don't matter. You know, like the law doesn't care about us. The law is not going to protect us. You know, I think that was really startling and, uh, and upsetting. Yeah. I, I mean, I had a physical reaction to the news. Like it was just so incredibly upsetting. And I know that a lot of women felt that way. Because mm -hmm. again, the, like you said, the laws or the pun uh, penalties, the punishments right. don't make no sense. Yeah. I for mean, for, sure. for the for the crime that was committed, yeah. that created this life. Yeah. And if you uh, want to do something against that life, you yeah. can't do it. It, it. it makes no sense. Yeah. It's just that in the eyes of the law, like women aren't equal. We haven't even passed the Equality Act. So the Free the Nipple campaign. Yes. Yeah, what's going on with Facebook? What's going on with Instagram? Why are they these beacons of free speech and yeah. letting you be yourself and let your friends connect with you? Yeah. But why are they limiting you and your, your art, your art form and your, yeah. your, even your profession and job? Oh, yes, my job. Like at the very basis of it, I'm just like trying to do my job and, and I want to be able to share my, my work and um, social media is the new age like public square. You know, and um, I'm just not getting the same opportunity to share my work like everybody else. And it's not just me. There's so many people, you know, um, I, it started with I was trying to promote my last project, um, The List. Um, and I used a like a very simple image of like a woman who was completely clothed, but she had um, a bare midriff and they banned me for life for advertising on Facebook. Um, completely putting into dis disarray my entire promotional campaign. Any reason behind all that? Um, because uh, Facebook advertising is actually even more strict than the censorship laws. Um, so you can't show even cleavage uh, in, in, in a Facebook ad. Really? Yeah. Did they it, give you a reason? Because I know they're very hard to contact if you can't mm, get an ad up. Yeah, so I, I contacted them. Um, they just told me that my business wasn't suitable and please do not contact them again. The matter was virtually over. And so there was no, like, I, there was no way that I could actually state my case or, like, debate the issue. It was just done. So I'm banned for life from advertising. Um, that started, that I found that incredibly frustrating. They took a lot of my images down from Instagram. In Instagram, the entire account got taken down for a period of three days um, and then reinstalled. Like they apologized for that one. They claimed it was a mistake, but I really think it's kind of like a power move they do when they think your content is kind of borderline. Um, they take you down. So they did that. And then I got both my commercial websites taken down because my hosting company lawyered up on me. Um, because I had nudity on my site, uh, just crazy. Why can't you have nudity on your website? What yeah, website? What website company was that? It was Blue Bluehost, um, okay. and uh, they. It was apparently in their contract that they don't allow nudity. Um, I'd been on with them for many years. I'm now on Format. Shout out to Format, who is a Canadian company. They're incredible. I believe they even. Of course they are. Yeah. They even, <laughs> of course they're cool with it. Yeah. They even did, I, I believe, like their own kind of free the nipple, like curated show for artists, which is really great. I Lovely. got it in writing that they were okay with my work. They like couldn't understand why I, I was concerned. Um, so I've been really happy with the services. But it was just like all these things happened over like a, a few months. I just became so frustrated. Um, I... I don't understand why the female nipple is so offensive, especially because it's associated with like, you know, feeding babies and like, and life and motherhood, you know, like I, I can understand that nipples are sexual, both for men and women, but I don't think 
being sexual um, should account to being obscene as well. So yeah, I just, I thought it was ridiculous. Like, it's so stupid. Like I look ridiculous sitting here with male nipples over my nipples, but that's the we point. We want to get this on YouTube and Instagram. <laughs> I mean, we, we have to. Yeah. I mean, it's so stupid, but, but that's, that's the thing. Like the double standard is ridiculous. Are these one of those moments we're going to look back like 20, 30 years and say yeah, like, be like, can you remember that? It was like, revolutionist. Yeah, maybe, maybe, or maybe like, like in 20, 30 years, we're living in The Handmaid's Tale, you know, that, that seems to be the direction we're going in at the moment. Oh, no, no. I think we're just in these really big growing pains time. Right. Again, that we can have conversations that right. even when you have these movements and push yeah. towards great things, mm -hmm. that you got, you're going to have this setbacks and you're going to have these things happen. Yes, they suck. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, again... You want to say I'm on a platform of privilege to say that this doesn't affect me and it's not hindering me in my life. Mm -hmm. However, you know, it, it's it's really hard to look outside of ourselves. Right. It's hard to look outside and say, hey, this might be negatively affecting me, but how is this affecting the seven and a half other billion people? How's the, or the right. 10 million people in my city or the 350 million in this country? Right. And how do we make this push to get everybody on the same wavelength and the same thought? Mm -hmm or the same morals and ideas that this is going to be a better, better world for everybody. It, yeah. Setbacks happen and they suck because, I mean. I know. I just think that, um, you know, this is just my contribution to the Free the Nipple movement. This has been around for so long and there are so many Free the Nipple projects. And it's the conversation has been like really big on social media for so many years now. And we're, if anything, we're going backwards. So the censorship mm -hmm. is only getting worse. I hope that it's part of like a swing to, to like a more liberal censorship wars on the internet, mm -hmm. but um, in, it seems that it's actually in fact getting worse. Where do you stand on free speech? I mean, so I think, I think that um, by having my, my voice limited on social media, it's a violation of my freedom of speech. But unfortunately, um, the laws of free speech don't apply to corporations. So that's how they're able to get around this. What do you mean they don't apply? So they don't apply. So corporations can choose to share whoever's voice you want. You can get fired for saying certain things. Like the laws of free speech but don't apply. But aren't they private? To... They're private institutions? Yeah. Do so... private institutions, don't, isn't that their way around it? Yeah, that's it. So businesses, corporations, like the laws of free speech don't apply to them, which is why Instagram is allowed to censor you. Um, but as I said before, you know, like social media is the new public square. So it's effectively just censoring my voice entirely, you know, um, Instagram have been doing it for a while, but they came out publicly talking about their shadow ban. They never referred to it as a shadow ban, but they have new borderline, um, content policies where even if your work doesn't violate the terms and conditions, they can still class you as borderline. They won't take you down. They'll just make you less visible. So um, they'll show your share your photos to like three people on your feed, and you can't you won't be found in the explore page. You can't use hashtags, which is currently where I'm at at the moment. Yeah, the hashtag thing hasn't been working for me. Usually, I would get discovered by eighty percent or like seventy or ninety percent, especially yeah. to a basketball based video. Right. And now it's like only like ten percent. Yeah. I might. How do you know if you have a ban or not? I mean, I can immediately tell, like, uh, my, just my engagement, everything, my likes are just like way down. It's just like being silenced. I don't have to have you scanned my thing. It's like, it's like someone just put the, the mute button on your content. Um, we're not completely muted, but yeah, 
So, but that, but that's what it feels like. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's, it's just really frustrating. So that's been the thing. Cause again, last episode I had on um, this guy Anomaly. He does mm -hmm. news politics and hip hop, and mm -hmm. he recently just again going through the same thing. He had a three day ban. One of his pages, two hundred fifty thousand, four hundred thousand followers, got completely demonetized. Right. And again, this is a place and a platform that he makes money. Right. And these are private institutions, though. Yeah. And I think after this election mm. and a lot of these companies what I was told before the election, but even because of the election, they kind of got a lot of the blame put on them right. for, and again, it's not even a fair basis to say that they were at fault for, it depends on the phrase you say it, for Trump winning and Hillary losing. Yeah. It was their fault. It was no other reason that, you know, that 50, half of our country can't decide on this and that there's electoral college and he got more points than her, but she won the majority of the votes. Right. So the whole system is fucked. But I agree. So they are limiting, because we went on this with YouTube, because we're mm -hmm. both uh, heavily putting content on YouTube, mm -hmm. is that YouTube wants to put sources from different media sources that they can trust. Mm -hmm. So now CNN, Fox News, uh, ESPN, all of their content doesn't take that many uh, views to get trending. Right. Just... Yeah, like a big content creator, like a Logan Paul, a Casey yeah. Neistat, they need 15 million views on one video to get it trending, to get yeah. it popularized. Joe Rogan, I mean, I, I think his Elon Musk video, yeah, it doesn't even get pushed to the top. And that thing's got, or even, uh, what's his name? Crazy guy, Alex Jones. Right. That video doesn't get seen. It's got hundreds of millions of views. You search Alex Jones, either he's completely banned his name from there yeah. or videos he's made. So again, but this is you know, a private company. Yeah, exactly. We believe in capitalism in this country. Like, yeah, I think that social media could have been the solution. You know, like it gives power back to people um, so that they can promote themselves and run their own campaigns and promote their businesses. Um, but it's kind of become the problem. You know, it's become this, um, this avenue for people to spread fake news, to censor people. And now we're seeing like corporations um, and big money uh, get more leniency than than the just the regular person, which is completely unfair. Well, it's because you're going to be trusted. <sighs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I guess I, I understand. Um, I, I just don't, I just don't think it's fair. I think that everyone's voice should be heard in equal measure. Mm -hmm. So you've been doing this, how long has the free the nipple campaign been going on? Uh, so I've been releasing the images for the last two weeks um, and it's been so positive. So I think it's one of the most positive projects that I've done. I think when I released the list, um, I just, I got a lot of like hate mail from people. I think someone told me I was the reason HIV exists in oh, the wow. modern world. Um, I don't know whether to thank you or yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. So this like, people were like really offended um, by the list, whereas um, with Free the Nipple, I've been able to find a community in social media and really bring it back to the, the parts about social media that are so fantastic that you can connect with people all over the world and connect with like like-minded people and build like a community. So that might be the problem though, like-minded people. Yeah, it's true. It's the problem. Too many of the like-minded people That's have true. been connecting yeah. and they're not seeing outside the box now. Yeah. Well, I think my like-minded people are healthy. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> Your people. Yeah. No, um, I I just really appreciate the messages support um, people and the women who have volunteered to be a part of the project. I just think it's really amazing. It's this really uh, incredible experience to a lot of these people I've uh, 
never met in person and just found me through Instagram and uh, and then they come into my studio and take their top off and I feel like we have this like very intimate moment um, mm. and for a lot of people they have their own experiences with censorship or having their body censored or um, people telling them that their body is unacceptable um, and so everybody that came into the studio kind of has their own experience with it which has been really great big thing I wanted to get into too was yeah. with the sexual revolution of the 60s right and you know where we are with that today again a lot of stuff we've talked about yeah is these two genders or yeah. however many genders there are now and that how people can you know really have different conversations and different viewpoints right on how we see things and how much different status quos that questions see i feel like this like conversation of like sexism and censorship is some somewhat cyclical so i feel like we haven't made that much progress um you know, the sexual revolution of the 60s was fantastic, but like how far have we really come since then? Mm -hmm. um, so I think, I guess I'm just like sick of having the same conversations over and over again. I think that's why women are calling for for change. You know, they, um, we're just, we're sick of like fighting for the same thing, like once again. I mean, what's the change that has to happen? And like you said, there's it's talk, 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 talk. I know, I just, I feel like in regards to censorship in women's bodies is that we have to be viewed beyond just as sexual be beings that you know um that our bodies are like purposeful and um and beautiful and something that we shouldn't be ashamed of mm -hmm. we're just sick of being seen predominantly as um sexual first and foremost men and women in the workplace good bad future for it oh i mean i think it's fantastic i think all workplaces can benefit from strong male and female voices um, I do think we look at the world differently and uh, any business can um, benefit from having different voices. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not like anti-men at all. I think like some of the best feminists I know are male allies. So where, what are your goals with doing this um, Free the Nipple campaign? Um, okay, so for me personally, it was just a way of me expressing my frustration. Um, I was just so uh, angry and so sick of it and just to feel like I can get that out there um, and and have that conversation be contributing I felt like I was doing my part um, so that that's a goal um, I'd also like to have a free the nipple topless dance party with burlesque so as you know with my last project I really enjoy taking my photography projects and turning it into like live performance and events um, it's also my way of, since I've been shadow banned, you know, I need to find different avenues to be able to get my message across. So mm -hmm. like by having these like free, free the nipple events, um, I think that, you know, I can like amplify my voice and my message. Um, I'm also really looking forward to meeting other groups. There are so many other groups um, uh, and organizations dealing with censorship um, and other free the nipple uh, groups. And I think it's a really great opportunity to create a, um, a community and uh, and kind of push this this message along. Yeah. yeah. So it started off just as a way to express yourself, and now yeah, it's just blossomed just, into. I was just angry. That was that was the uh, like that was the motivation for starting the project. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what what's going on with the list? Is there any updates with that? Are you still doing any more plays with that? Yeah, um, I would love to do the play again, um, but currently I'm working on a podcast. Um, with Elvira Lynn, we're still um, in the preliminary stages for that, but it's a bit of a flip of the original concept. So I think in the play we heard from 
um, the people on the list. Um, but in the podcast, we'll hear from the, the owner of the list talking about um, their sexual partners. Really? Yeah. And then we'll go back and, uh, and talk to a, a few people on the list just to give context and like juxtapose their stories. The anonymous owner of the list? Uh, no, well, yeah, they'll be anonymous. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and each thought he was coming out, exposing himself. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Okay. Um, we, we won't be talking to him. I've told his story. I'm like talking to a lot of other people. Okay. Yeah. So each episode will be a different person in a different list. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Which is cool. I'm excited. How long do you about. see that show running for? I mean, it's going to depend on how long the, the list is that person's list. Yeah, well, uh, you mean each individual episode? Yeah, because I thought what you did so well with that play is that you went through, you know, you started with girl 36 mm -hmm. or and it's number two, number three, right. and you told, so I mean, I read the book yeah. and read it with my ex. I'm like, I think that's a great thing to read mm -hmm. with whoever you're in a relationship with. Yeah. Too. I mean, it opened up my eyes, just, just, you know, hearing those stories and seeing different similar situations I was in yeah. and say, oh, wow, you know, I could have been a dick yeah. in a really bad spot right there. But you know, I think that even just going through the act of writing your list uh, and reflecting on your experiences, um, you, you have like somewhat of the same experience, I think. Mm -hmm. I think like reflecting and like now probably as an adult and looking back on some of your behavior when you were younger, like you still have a similar experience. Um, and we will still be interviewing other people on the list in some instances, um, just to give that uh, opposite perspective. But each, uh, episode will have an a theme um and everyone will have an arc so people start in one place and and usually end up in a completely different place yeah i mean you did that great with uh i don't know that girl number of like seven that he had that relationship with he did the whole you know uh back to the future time thing and then yeah. ended there and that's been yeah you told that story really 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 well yeah we're um i'm talking to a woman who was a part of the purity movement um, is brought up very religious and now flash forward um, she's queer polyamorous so it's really interesting to see like the journey people go on and and how like our sex life um, really tells a story about our life experiences that we have along the way kira thank you please let people know stare down that barrel yeah. tell them where they can find you where they can try and connect with you because you're being shadow banned by the internet yes you can still find me you can <laughs> you can still find me on Instagram at Kira Cheers and my website, kirachears.com. I think we'll probably put a link in. All that stuff will be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you want to buy a copy of the book, the list, it's still up for sale. Highly advise you go buy the book. Thank I got to buy the copy myself. Thank you. And Kira, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for putting the idea of letting us go topless. Yes. Let's see how long it's this- It's been liberating. I feel good. It's been great. It's been hot. Yeah. It's but been, it's been it's, great. It's really hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we can cut over because our cameraman over here is topless as well. Okay. He bought into the movement. He's spraying the nipple. And guys, make sure you go check out Kira's stuff. Um, again, everywhere she just recommended you find that, kiracheers.com, as well as her social media, Kira Cheers. Go out. Put a topless photo up, free the nipple. Man, woman, go out, be you, do you. That's what it's all about. Enjoying who you are, where you come from, what your creed and what your color, what your code is, whatever it is, go out and do it. And thank you guys so much for checking out the show. Of course you loved it, you liked it. Go ahead and subscribe and share this video. Make sure someone else out there can go out and find, not just myself, Kira and this podcast, and they can find ways to connect with you, us, to build a bigger and better community. We have conversations about people that aren't having Great conversations like we had. And that's it. That's out. The bus driver is out of here. Thank you guys. Yay, we did it. Bye bye.